the, the world is so backwards that we are always reminded of how bad we are, man. But that ain't good news. Good news is how good Jesus is. And because of him, you are blessed. You are blessed beyond measure. We're going to talk a little bit about how the supply is always greater, right? Supply is always greater. Of course, we're going to throw a lot of scripture at you because it is the scripture that talks to you. It's the scripture that, that changes you. Amen? Amen? The word is alive. The word is alive. So as the word comes over you, you just receive it in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. It's always true, always on time. Thank you for the people that you have here assembled at this appointed time. God, thank you that your word would go and wash over them. God, they would leave here forever changed, knowing that you are a good father. Bless them beyond measure. Bless their ears here. God, restore relationships here this morning. Thank you for what you're going to do in advance. In Jesus' name, let the church say, amen. Let's go right into the scripture. All right. Uh, Romans 6, 14. For sin shall not, say not, have dominion over you. Sin shall not have dominion over you, meaning that the, the dominion there is, is dynamis, dynamite power. How does sin not have dynamite power in your life? For, for means because. Because you are not, say not, not. under law, but under grace. You are not under law, but under grace. That's where we are right now. You look on a map in heaven, we are under grace, okay? We're not under law anymore. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to those who believe. Amen? So this is a beautiful verse for you to memorize when people say, hey, when you preach grace, and they're talking about us, when you preach grace, you're giving people a license to sin. Well, we must define what sin is. Don't you think it's important to know what the sin is? How many of you guys know, you, some of you guys were visiting, that, that the, uh, the Holy Spirit breathed Bible is, in fact, Holy Spirit breathed. But it's not King James, it's not New King James, it's not NIB, it's the original Hebrew and the original Greek that was Holy Spirit breathed. So it would behoove us, I just like saying behoove, it would behoove us, <laughs> say behoove, <laughs> to find out what that word means, right? More importantly, check this out. So sin here is harmatia, okay? But I want you to see it. it's a noun. It's not an action. When we think of sin, we think of actionable sins. But this is a noun, person, place, or thing. Yeah, some of y'all went to school. Hey, listen, <laughs> the kids are like, uh, you lucky I'm here this morning, man. <laughs> Look, <laughs> not that, did I give the impression that they were drinking last night when I did that? <laughs> okay, good. They're just tired. I'm tired, right? But it's a noun, noun. So, so we must define sin, as I put up here, we must define sin properly, okay? If somebody came up to you and said, hey, is, um, is, is, is drinking a sin? Is homosexuality a sin? Is cussing a sin? Is, instead of answering that, you, what we need to say is, well, how do you define sin? And then let them get it out. And then what you say is, <laughs> give, give, give them the gospel. Say, well, do, would you like to know what the Bible says a sin is? Well, let me show you. See? So it's in, it's in uh, ooh, this thing is quick, quick, quick. Boom. Boom. The Bible says this. For all, say all. No, it doesn't say for, for the world. It says all. That means you two in the church. Amen. We all sin. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So according to God, sin is falling short of his glory. In other words, you should be at peace about situations now because you have the mind of Christ. You have the peace of God. Sometimes we're not at peace. Would you, would you agree? 
Yeah, there should be no fear in us when, when we get news all of a sudden. All of a sudden, first thing is fear, right? That shouldn't be there, man. We all fall short. Don't try to categorize it. Sin is sin to God. Here's the good news. Jesus paid for all sin. So get, turn that into an opportunity to preach the gospel to them instead of judging them. Yeah, homosexuality is sin. Get you behind in church or you're going to hell. Well, that would make me want to come. Would that make you want to come? Hey, I can't wait to go to that church to be judged. Isn't that how it is sometimes, though? When you grow up, I used to be that guy, right? I used to be, man, I, I know they're living together, and, and they shouldn't be living together. And they can't serve here at the church because they're living together, right? I'm not, like, pointing at you guys. <laughs> they actually are married. <laughs> but I'm saying this. Instead of, like, pointing to people's sin, point them to Jesus. If you want somebody to stop sinning and get out of a sin rat wheel, point them to Jesus. Tell them their sins paid for. Because that's repentance. You're changing your mind. Hey, I used to think God was out to get me. Now I know he loves me. It doesn't matter where I'm at right now. I can get better if I focus on his love for me and not his judgment for me. Because his judgment for me was placed on Jesus. I get excited, man. I got to start saying like hallelujah instead of kicking stuff, right? So back to this, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. If you're under law, that's the old covenant, right? That's the old covenant. And you always feel, always feel condemned, always feel shame, always feel guilt. Do you think that God would send Jesus so that you could still feel that way? No, he bore that for you. There's too many Christians that are victorious walking around like they're defeated today. The world needs to see we are just like them. We fail all the time. Are you guys catching my biceps when I do this? Because that's why I'm doing it. <laughs> just joking. I don't know. This shirt. Anyway. We got to tell the world that we're no different. Because right now they're seeing a difference. They're seeing us in church. They're seeing us act like we're holier than thou, right? Yeah, you guys have heard those stories. And so they won't come. But if they knew that we're just like them, that we fail all the time, right? We fail. How many people fail all the time in here? Just a little testimony, actually. The rest of y'all are lying. <laughs> Bam. All right. So Romans 7, 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Is the law sin? No. The law is perfect. God made the law. The law is perfect. The law is not sin. In fact, the law is the strength of sin. It's the strength of sin. So if we understand this correctly, that the more you're under the law, see, see, Paul struggled with that. I would not have known sin except through the law. So the more people are up here preaching and they're putting you under the law, they're telling you the law, the old covenant, the, they're actually strengthening the sin that you're struggling with. And Satan has hoodwinked us and got it turned around. When, in fact, we should be preaching about Jesus and what he did on the cross for people and how he set you free. That is getting rid of the strength of sin. By the law is the knowledge of sin, not the knowledge of your Savior. So anytime you sit under law, 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 you shall not, you shall not, you shall not, you shall not. Man, that's strengthening the sin. Look, Paul struggled with the tenth one. He may have passed the first nine. That tenth one got him. That's the first thing I'm going to ask Paul when I get up there. Yo, bro, hey, tell me. What were you coveting when you wrote that? Right? <laughs> you think that'll go over well? 
most of the ladies are going to go straight to Eve. Say, what were you thinking? This childbirth thing. The law in forbidding sin actually arouses it. It arouses it. That's what he did with Paul, right? So look at Paul, and, and this is the whole reason the law came. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Right? People, would ju- people had categories of sin. That's what religious people did back in the day. And Jesus would come and say, hey, no, man, you might think it's that, but it's this. Like, like he put everybody, everybody fell under the law. Only Jesus could stand against the law, stand apart from the law. He was perfect. But the law came so that every mouth would shut. Every mouth would know that they are a sinner and that they would need a Savior. That's what the law is. The law actually points to Jesus. Right? But where, this is the good news. But, say but. That is a big but in the Bible right there. But where sin abounded. The word there, super increased. Where sin super increased, grace abounded much more. It abounded much. So sin, that's why I tell people, your sin can't outweigh God's grace. See? Grace will always superabound over it. God's love is greater than that, than, the, than your sin. Amen? All right. So the law demands, you shall not, you shall not, you shall not. That's what the old covenant was, right? That's what the old, you shall not, you shall not, you shall not. The new covenant in Hebrews chapter 10, God says, I will, I will, I will. He's doing it all. So when we say the law demands, it it literally does. It demands everything from you. But grace supplies everything to you. There was a time when God demanded righteousness and we couldn't meet it. But under the new covenant, God gives us, he supplies us righteousness because we couldn't do it. Isn't that beautiful? All right, Luke. Dang, it's all on there. All right, Luke 10. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Everybody know the story? My wife says, don't assume everybody knows everything. All right, so there's people in here that might not know. That's what we're going to go over, right? (laughs) I would love to just tell you, but I want you to see it. I want you to see it, right? Uh, It was Martha's house, not Mary's house. There's a reason that that's in there, right? And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. So we have two women. Many people have written books on this and stuff, but you can always get stuff out of this, right? Always get stuff out of this. I want you to see that Martha, you can love God and be angry with God. You can serve God and and be angry with God. You can. Martha was. Martha, Martha looked at Jesus. I think I made a note of this, did I? Yeah, so Martha thought that his tiredness was demanding her, her ministry. Because Jesus came in, he was tired. He sat down. So she starts to go to work. She starts to minister to him, right? And then what happens? She gets mad because her sister's resting at his feet. She's resting there. And she gets mad. And then she blames two people. She says, Lord, do you not care, Jesus, that my sister... Y'all just sitting there chilling, watching the game. I'm over here working in the kitchen, cleaning the dishes. Anybody hear that? I hadn't either. I was just checking. (laughs) I really hadn't heard that. But I want you to see, man, that that sometimes if you are demand-minded, Mary was supply-minded. She sat at his feet. She She saw him as someone to receive from. 
even though he was tired. He's Jesus. He can be tired and still give you everything. She saw him as some, someone to, to, as a supply, right, to take from, whereas Martha saw him as demanding from him, her, right? And you see the reaction, man. One's at anger. One's roused up. One's stressed. The Bible says be anxious for nothing, but in all things, pr- uh, prayer, supplication, giving thanks to God. Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, man. She was sitting under the spout where the glory comes out. Amen. Yeah, somebody really needs to write that down. So, so she's sitting there receiving, and, and he's supplying. It's just coming, it's just coming, it's just coming, and she's receiving. And I want you to know, when you rest like that, only one of those women was, was mentioned after that. She was at the right place, the right time, ministering to Jesus when he was dying on the cross. Because she had rested. She was supply-minded. So what are you? Are you supply-minded or are you demand-minded? Do you see God as someone who's demanding from you, demanding from you? Or do you see Jesus as someone who's supplying? When people say, hey, Troy, how do you do it? You do all this? Man, let me just tell you something. When I get up here, I am not, like, you notice that, that I don't have a notebook. He doesn't have a notebook. We get up here, we fully trust the Lord to supply everything that we're going to say. And that's why a lot of you, it's like Holy Spirit. That's, that's true Holy Spirit-driven preaching right there because you're i'm just literally that's now sometimes you know when i'm in my flesh because i joke (laughs) babe i told you not to do that in front of people (laughs) but honestly guys i trust that the lord will supply everything that i need to say something no ac no lights when the electricity went out that day. Did it stop? Because it was spirit-led, right? It's just coming out. It's just coming out. And I love that you have two pastors that believe that. All right. Uh, and Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled. That's another word for stressed out about many things. But one thing is needed. One thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Jesus actually protected the one who was receiving not the one who was serving, the one who was receiving. So that's the one thing we need. We need to understand that Mary was, she saw Jesus as supply. Supply, not demanding from her. Too many people are in churches today thinking that God is demanding something from them. That's why they, every time the doors are open, they're in there, man. They're in there. They're in there volunteering for everything. That used to be me because I used to look at my past and say, man, I owe God. I got a lot to make up for. Right? That's not where God wants you. You don't owe him. Even if you did owe him, you couldn't pay him back. So all you got to do is say, thank you, Jesus. You, you just received that he did it for you. And now listen, as Paul said, man, I labor more than any of these cats. Yet not I, but the grace of God in me. Praise the Lord. Right? Demand-centered versus supply-centered. What are you? Are you always thinking God's demanding from you? Or do you see him as an everlasting, ever-flowing supply for everything you need? The Bible says he's already given you everything that pertains to this life. There's nothing else you, there's nothing else you need. Whatever comes up, he's already got it covered. You just got to have faith. This is truly how you depend on God, your father. Some people say you got to depend on God. Well, what does that mean? We're showing you what it means. That means you got to see him as a supplier. He is your, the Lord is your shepherd. You shall not lack. And that is a double negative, man. 
you shall never, ever, ever, never. You shall never, ever, ever, never, ever lack. Never, ever. Check this out. Now, a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all of her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any came from behind and touched uh, the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped. She saw Jesus. She saw something different. She saw something different. She said, if I could just touch his him, if I could just touch his him by faith, she just reached out. But if it was under law, she would be stoned for even being there. She would be stoned under the law. But she didn't care about that. She reached out by faith, and the supply was walking right in front of her. And she grabbed it by faith, and she received her miracle because she saw Jesus as someone who would supply. She didn't see Jesus as someone who would demand her to get her stuff together before she could approach him. How many people did Jesus turn around and say, hey, you don't touch me? Because you have not repented from your sin. That's what preachers would tell her today. But you know what? Jesus said, you can touch me because I love you. You can receive from me because I love you. Imagine if he would have said, repent, confess your sins, and then I'll work with you. That's the Jesus we present to people these days. That's not who Jesus was in the Bible. He would just give people what they didn't deserve, which is the definition of grace. Praise God. This is a brick wall behind here because I tried to hit it one time. This will just, we need to get some used ones. And they need to be clearly marked. <laughs> All right, look at this. This is where it is. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. It was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. See, when you understand grace and that you're not under law, your eyes will be open. You'll be open to, to walk in his supply. Without him, you can do nothing. You can do a lot of stuff, but it won't be, it won't be, uh, it won't, God will not prosper it, so to speak. Because when you're at rest and you're great, see, Martha was busy. What did that get her? Mary rested, rested in the supply. And she was the one that God used to minister to Jesus. What an honor that was. Love that. Grace supplies. Love gives. Faith takes. Grace supplies. Love gives. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Faith. Now that's our part. Faith takes. You got to take from the Lord. You got to receive all that he has for you. This is where we're failing sometimes in our own lives. Like, is grace our part? No, that's God's part. Is love our part? No. And here's why. Here's why. Because the Bible defines love. It says, for this is love, not that we love God, but that God first loved us and gave us his son Jesus, right? So, so, so love is his part too. He loved us first. Faith is us. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So faith takes. Faith is receiving. That woman reached out by faith and took her healing. Yeah? John 6, this is beautiful, man. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, 
He distributed them to his disciples. I heard you, girl. And the disciples to those sitting down. And likewise of the fish, as much, this is what's not emphasized, as much as they wanted. So for some Christians that say, hey, God will only give you what you need. As much as they wanted. It was their faith. Their faith. Faith takes. You can take a little or you can take a lot. All right? And if you don't want to take a lot, I always pray that God will give me your per portion so that I can have it. <laughs> you don't want it? But that's not preached a lot, man. Look at that. As much as they wanted. Those people didn't just get a bite. They got as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, right? What, what do you got to do to be filled? You, if you take me to a buffet, I'll show you. <laughs> you will know. I'll be in like a food coma, and you'll be like, he's filled. <laughs> Look at that. So when they were filled, not when they just got a taste, when they were, see, God doesn't just give you a taste. He owns everything. He's giving you everything. It's up to us to see the supply. We got to see the supply before we can take it. And if you see him as a little bit, a stingy God, he's not stingy. He's always flowing, always giving you. It's all there. It's all there for you. It's our part to step up by faith and take it. If you need healing, take it. Amen? If you need some financial help, take it. Don't let anybody tell you he's holding back because he's trying to teach you a lesson. Well, then you're negating what Jesus did on the cross when he took your place. Why would he turn around and punish you to teach you a lesson when he put it on Jesus? God is not out to punish. His word says, I have forgotten. I will never, ever, ever remember your sins. If he can say that about the world, why do we think he's still trying to teach us lessons? I'm going to give them cancer because they failed me. That's a beautiful picture of a loving father. Would you do that to your own children? Why would we think a loving father in heaven would do that to us? It's, Satan has twisted it. He's twisted it. God would never do that. How many people did Jesus walk around and say, hey, I'm going to give you some leprosy real quick, bro? <laughs> it's just a quick lesson in humility. But he didn't. The Bible says he healed all that came to him. Yeah, that, that's what grace is, man. You, you know why? Because you can't earn it. That's what grace is. You don't deserve it, and you can't earn it. It's a gift freely given. Grace is, to me, it's not a teaching. It's a person. His name is Jesus. He was given to us for us to receive. Whoo! Therefore, they gathered them up and filled. So, so they ate as much as they wanted. They were filled, and there was leftovers. That's how good he is. I love it. All right? Uh, by those who had eaten. I love that, man. Love it. Look at this. For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest have somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. He, he made it simple. God made it simple. But Eve was deceived. And I'm going to tell you something. I told Pace Emerson this yesterday, yesterday morning, that because he, he's not here, his family's in, uh, in Fernandina Beach. I, uh, I, I was wrong, man. I was wrong. And aren't you glad that your pastors are still learning? 
But I'm going to show you where I was wrong. And it is like eye-opening to me. It was, I was like, thank you, Lord. Thank you. I was like, do I really have to tell him, though? <laughs> All right. Four, if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. Eve was deceived. Satan is still deceiving people. And, and I'm going to show you how Satan deceived Eve. Long before Eve fell, long before she sinned, something happened. And I want to show you. This opened my eyes. I was like, oh, my goodness. Whew. So let's go back to the story. Genesis 2.9. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, comma, comma, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. How many trees does he specifically say was in the midst of the garden? One. Now, a couple weeks ago, I told you two. There's one tree. God always wanted the tree of life to be in the midst of the garden. The tree of knowledge of good and evil is a demanding tree. It's the tree of law. There was, al it was always about Jesus, who is the life, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which is the law. You taste from the law, church, <laughs> you're going to know what God knows, that we don't measure up. You taste from the tree of life, that's, the tr that's Jesus. That's the one that's in the Who decides what's in the midst? If there's no boundaries, who decides what's in the midst, in the middle? God does. You got to let God's word do it. Amen? God says one tree was in the middle, the tree of life. The tree of life is in the middle of the garden. His, his whole thing has always been about Jesus. Everything has been about Jesus. From the get-go, it was about Jesus. And we got to know that, that it's all about Jesus who gives life. He gives life. And when we see that, we can eat from that tree all day long. Eve could have eaten from that tree all day long. But watch what happens. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman... Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. We may eat, we may eat, we may eat the fruit. But is that what God said? No. Go back, check this out. She left out a word, an important word. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. That's important. Not just eat, freely eat. That means eat and eat in Hebrew. Eat and eat, right? Freely eat. She, she made it sound like God was stingy. He said, man, freely eat. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Listen, you know how she, how, why I say that's the tree of the law? Because the law, by the law, you'll die every time because you can't measure up. But when you sit under the, the, the tree of life, when you sit on the tree of life, that's where everything flows out of. That's why it's called the tree of life. Tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you die. By the law is the knowledge of sin. The sting of death is sin. But it's been conquered. It's done. Finito. I can do Spanish, Italian. Whatever service y'all need. I got the gangster stuff down to you. Bring gangsters in here. I'll, I'll <laughs> Sup. <laughs> anyway. 
Uh, okay, back, back, back. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. It, wh what tree was in the midst of the garden? Eve replaced the tree. She became demand-minded. The tree of life was in the is in the midst of the garden, supply-minded. Eve exchanged trees. You see it? Eve exchanged trees. See it? <laughs> she went from supply-minded to demand-minded. In other words, she everything was supplied for them in the garden. It was already there. Everything they needed was there. In your life, everything you need is there. But when you come demand-minded, thinking God's demanding stuff of you, that's where you gravitate to sometimes. And he said, don't do that because you will die. There's no supply there. Stay over here where the supply is endless. Woo! Look at this. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's death. I have come that you may have life and that you may have life. You may have it more abundantly. That's why Jesus came. People say Jesus came to fulfill the law. Jesus came to magnify the law. That's sad. That's a, yes, he did that. But he tells you why he came. He tells you he came to give you life. He took back the garden. He went back and got you to the garden again. He put us back in the garden where the supply is there. The tree of life is there. He's there. We just take from him. You got to have that mindset, church, that he's there to supply for you. He's not there to demand from you. You couldn't meet his demands anyway. Stop trying. Start resting like Mary and receiving your supply. Woo! When you doubt his love, the supply is affected. Because love gives. And Eve doubted the love of God. Eve thought for a second, maybe he's not going to meet my need. Maybe he's not supplying everything. And that's the way it operates with us today. Sometimes we think that everything we need, we haven't received yet. When God's given it to us freely, already, we have everything that pertains to life. But if you doubt his love for you, if you let the enemy get in here and tell you, you don't deserve his love, it affects the supply. You got to see him as a giver. God is not taking anything from you. What, what, what do you have to offer him? I mean, think about it. Last verse. Therefore, he who supplies, not you who supply, he who supplies the spirit to you and he Works the miracles in your life. You can't do nothing without them. He works the miracles among you. Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? By the hearing of faith. What I want you to see here is he who supplies. Now we're going full circle. Holy Spirit breathe Greek. Check this out. He who supplies is in present active participle. Present means right now he's supplying. Right now he's working miracles in your life. Right now. Present active. Active means he's doing it all. The subject is active. The subject in this verse is Jesus. He's active. He's doing all the work. He's supplying, constantly supplying you, constantly working miracles among you. Sometimes we think about miracles, we think about Miss Sarah. That's a miracle. But, hey, every time you wake up in the morning, that's a dang miracle. Every time you get out of your car, that's a miracle. There's a family that would testify to that today. We can't just assume that when we see a big miracle, we celebrate that. No, trust me, we celebrate that. 
But just the fact that every breath we breathe is a miracle. Jay was telling me about Chrissy's. They, how many babies did y'all have at your hospital? 20, 21. They usually have eight. Is that right, Jay? Yeah, you, so these um, babies that are what do you, neonatal, because of the hurricane, they had to transfer some babies over. You don't think parents are praying from Panama City over here during that time? And that those babies are there being taken care of. That's a miracle. You see, see we get so involved in our lives sometimes that we, 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 we forget that, man, we are a walking miracle. You know why? Because he's always supplying that to you. He's always supplying. He is a supplying father, always supplying. Don't get to a point where you think God's demanding everything of you, like Martha. Get to a point where you see him as the supplier. Amen? Hey, give Jesus a praise. and Hey, stand up, and like he would be right here. Stand up and give him a praise. Because I want you to know, when you leave this place, when you leave this place, church, you got to know that everything you need, you, there's stuff coming up this week that you don't even know about yet, but you know you need something, right? He's already met that need. He's your supplier. Don't ever take your eyes off of him as being the supplier. Don't ever, ever for one second think he's demanding something from you because you have nothing there to offer except the sacrifice. His name is Jesus, and he was perfect. So you walk around out there when you leave this place, confident. Walk around sure, steadfast, knowing that he has approved you, that he has qualified you to be able to take this message of hope, a confident expectation of good, out there and change lives. They need to hear the good news. Amen? I need to hear good news. Tell me, baby. What up? I'm going to go ahead and bring Dwayne up. <laughs> God is good. Amen? Hallelujah. Come on, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we bless your name, God. We thank you so much for your word today. God, thank you for reminding us of your great supply, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that your word says that of your increase there should be no lack. You are our shepherd, Father. We shall not want. We shall not lack, Father, because you've already gone before us. You've already, already given us Jesus. Everything that we'll ever need, Father, is wrapped up in our risen Savior, Father. We thank you for going before us and making our path straight. Thank you for equipping us, God, with this word, Father. And thank you, Father, for calling us and anointing us, Father, to be a part of what you're doing in the earth, Father, to taking this good news, this gospel, and sharing it and giving it out, Father, so that others will know, Father, that they are loved, they are cared for, and that you have already supplied their need, Father. We thank you for giving us faith to believe you, Father, for the greater things that you have in store for us, Lord. We bless you. We thank you, Lord, that as we leave this place, Father, we go out encouraged and built up and edified, Father. Thank you for giving us divine appointments, Lord, to, to be able to share this word, to be able to share this good news, Father, so that those that you came and you gave your life for would receive you and receive all that you have for them, Father. This we pray and ask in the mighty name of Jesus to let the church say amen. 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 We are dismissed.